This is Ideas at the House. I'm Edwina Throsby. Today's podcast was recorded live at All About Women 2019, an annual festival of conversations about feminism at the Sydney Opera House. Technology and the apps have changed the dating landscape and more of us are swiping left than ever before. But from dick pics to breadcrumbing, it's a jungle out there. In today's episode, Alexandra Tweeten, the creator of the cult Instagram account by Felipe, TV presenter and host of the romantically challenged podcast, Sammy Lucas, DJ and podcaster Flex Mami, and journalist Miffy Rigby, dig into the nitty gritty of what it's like to date today. <laughs> well, hello. My name is Miffy Rigby. I'm a single 38-year-old woman willing to travel a maximum of 10 kilometres for a date. <laughs> oh, Miffy. If you stumbled upon my Tinder profile, you'd see I enjoy cocktails, listening to records, swimming in the sea, and eating tomatoes like they're apples. <laughs> I'm going to be your host for the next hour of Girl Power as we discuss all things dicks, fannies, tits, bums, ghosting, breadcrumbing, negging, trolling, and more. Yes, folks, if you happen upon this room by accident, this is Dating, <laughs> a survival guide. This session is made up of a panel of cisgender heterosexual women speaking about their experiences with men. While we recognise that the queer community will have just as many struggles and horror stories when it comes to dating, we're here to talk about a very specific sector of the Tinderverse, dicks with dicks. <laughs> When I first started dating again after a 10-year relationship, a lot of things had changed. Choking was a thing all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Dick pic had become part of the vernacular. Angry men who had previously trolled me on Instagram and Twitter started harassing me on the dating apps. Ghosting, over-texting, under-texting, dicks that don't work, dicks that work too hard, the horror of all of it. Also, the amount of times I just said dick. <laughs> I bet everyone in the audience has a horror story too, right? Yes. And we'll get to that. But for now, I'd like to introduce you to your panel of dating spirit guides in order of geographical distance from my seat. <laughs> Sydney-based DJ and style icon, Flex Mommy. Hi. Wow, okay, so my name is Flex or Lil, whichever. Uh, I'm a DJ and a TV presenter, and I'm probably here because I run a sex and dating podcast. Um, it's like all the others, but it's very explicit. I talk about the sex I'm having, the sex I'm not having, the sex I want to have, the people I'm dating, the people I'm not dating, the people I want to date, um, in a lot of graphic detail. <laughs> it's called Bobo and Flex, and you should listen to it. Nice. <laughs> ah. Uh, host and author of the book and podcast, Romantically Challenged, Sammy Lucas, welcome. Hello, thank you. I'm sorry, my intro's a little longer than yours. Sorry, I was told we had a five, like a five minute intro, so I'll try and be quick. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I've been working in um, Australian media for like 20 years, mostly as a TV presenter and a radio host. Um, how I got on this stage is kind of a very unexpected and surprising journey to me. So my last major media gig was hosting a breakfast show on Mix 106.5, the radio station. And we're very proud that I was, I was part of Sydney's first female breakfast duo with Yumi Steins. And we, we did that for about a year and then we got boned. We got 
pushed aside to make way for Kyle and Jackie O, who came in and Boo. took over. <laughs> took over the, uh, the breakfast slot when uh, Mix rebranded to Kiss and I was too old for the brand so I was, you know, kicked out and after 20 years of working my ass off in media, it was, it was pretty disheartening and I took a break, I was a bit burnt out so I took a year off and um, loved every minute of it and focused on other things like my travel business that I have as well and did little bits of media. But after a year, my manager sat me down and said, right, hon, we've got to get back to work, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. And he said, why don't you write a book? I said, oh, what am I going to write about? So he also represents Julia Gillard, and he had just done the deal for Julia Gillard. And he said, you know, I just did this deal for Julia. And I said, well, hon, I've hardly got anything as profound to say as Australia's <laughs> first female prime minister. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And he said, well, talk about something close to you, you know, something you know. You're always sharing these ridiculous dating stories at every lunch and dinner we've ever been to. I said, oh, like, oh, you mean like the time I accidentally slept with an armed robber in Hawaii? Or, <laughs> what? The time, the so time a guy told me uh, he dumped me because he said my uterus was too old. Or the time a guy in London offered me 10,000 pounds to sleep with his virgin nephew because he thought I was a hooker. Um, <laughs> the time I dated Kevin Costner's bodyguard. Let that sink in, the bodyguard's bodyguard. <laughs> tragic story. So anyway, 295 pages later, thanks to Penguin Random House, Romantically Challenged was released last year. And even though it was intended to be this light-hearted collection of my crazy dating anecdotes, the underlying theme for me was really important, that it was a celebration of single women and a nod to other single women of a certain age who refused to settle, who steadfastly refused to settle, because the problem is, even in today's society, a single man over the age of 40 is a player and a bit of a cad and a bit fabulous. But a single woman over 40, there, there must be something wrong with her. The perception that she's too picky, she's hard work, she's too career-driven, blah, blah, blah. Or the one I get a lot is that, oh, you must be a secret lesbian. So I think um, the book, it did what, what I intended it to do and I was overwhelmed by the reaction I got from women and from men actually saying thank you for talking so openly about being single in your 40s. And from that I realised there is this whole community of men and women over the age of 40 that are single and floundering in this modern dating world. The dating landscape is you know, vastly and sometimes tragically different to what it was the last time we all, you know, a lot of people were dating in their 20s when, you, you know, they'd ring on the landline and you'd take the, the cord, mm -hmm. stretch the cord as far as you could into the other room so mum couldn't hear you flirting with a boy on the phone. Um, so there's, there's a whole community of people over 40, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who are either, like me, rejecting societal pressure to get married and have kids just because that's what your mum and dad did and that's what a lot of your friends did. And also, this whole group of people that are feeling empowered to come out of bad marriages and toxic relationships and abusive relationships and finding themselves back on the dating scene in the age of swiping. Um, swiping, swiping didn't even exist until 2012. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. And now it's this whole, you know, swiping world. So... From that, I came up with the idea for the podcast. We approached Podcast One. They loved the idea. I now have a podcast called Romantically Challenged, which is specifically aimed at, at talking about sex and dating for over 40s. And it's been so wonderfully embraced and the, the reaction's been incredible. And I'm just so very proud to be able to talk to people 
in this arena, and I guess that's how I ended up here. I read something, just quickly, I read something recently that said, having a podcast is today's equivalent of um, the lower, is the, today's generation's equivalent of having a lower back tattoo, because, you know, everyone's got one, and I'm like, okay, that's well, true. I kind of got both. So, I, I don't know if that makes me vastly tragic or fabulous, um, but the interesting thing on that is that my, my lower back tattoo, or tramp stamp, as I'd prefer you all refer to it, because I got it when I was 20, is a little heart, and it was meant to represent love, and my podcast at its heart is all about love, so I've sort of come full circle. Although I found out on Instagram this morning that Alexandra has a tattoo of Stevie Nicks, so you yes. are... You are officially the coolest person in the room. Oh, and you. my new best friend. Oh, thank you. And that's how I ended up here. So. <laughs> and speaking of the coolest person in the room, Alexandra <laughs> Tweeten, all the way from LA. Yeah. <laughs> the woman behind the Instagram account, Bye Felipe, and author of the book, Bye Felipe, This is Dick Pics and Other Delights of Online uh, Modern Dating. Alexandra, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I came up with a little PowerPoint just for those who didn't know what by Felipe is. Uh, this is my Instagram account that I created in 2014. And it calls out dudes who turn hostile when rejected or ignored. Um, and mm -hmm. I started it um, just as an inside joke between me and a bunch of friends. And, um, you know, I had had a uh, an online dating experience where this guy messaged me and I didn't, he messaged me the same really long paragraph and I didn't respond and then he copied and pasted it three times within a month and uh, it said like, would you like to chat? And I said, no. And then he flipped out and said, WTF, why would you even respond if you weren't interested? And so I was having this conversation with my friends and we came to the conclusion that you can't win. <laughs> like you can, you can say, no thanks, I'm not interested, like this. Um, and they call you a fuck you hairy ass cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then if you don't respond, you can just ignore it, but then you're a fake ass cunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I started it and um, it was just like a, an inside joke. I was just like, let's just make fun of these dudes because it's so stupid and ridiculous. And so two, I think two weeks later, um, the Atlantic picked it up and, and wrote an article about it. And then it was in the New York Times and Cosmopolitan and Huffington Post and everything. Um, so at that point, I kind of changed the goals of, of the Instagram account. And from just like being a joke to commiserating with other women and um, letting men know what it's like for women online, um, I wanted to create a larger conversation about male entitlement. And um, I really wanted to take the power away from the men who insult women. And so it's always been about mercilessly trolling toxic masculinity, but it also has like a, a larger message of it, dating is different for women and men, and, and a lot of times I think women are disadvantaged in a lot of ways. So um, with that, I also have a book, the book, um, I've been online dating uh, since 2010. 
I went on Craigslist dates. <laughs> a veteran. <laughs> oh, that is advanced. Yeah. Um, so Did you also I was get a free old lounge. <laughs> um, so I was writing about um, online dating for Ms. Magazine, and um, I started going on Craigslist dates. Um, and I wrote about the trolls when I uh, identified as a feminist. And um, from there, I started trying out OkCupid okay and writing about it. And then I met, actually met someone on OkCupid okay and dated them for two and a half years. Um, but now I've been single for six years. And we broke up right when Tinder hit. And so uh, the first three guys on Tinder that I met uh, wanted to video chat with me. And then um, I was like, oh, sure. Let's, let's Skype and like, get to know each other before we get before we meet to see if it's, but no, they just wanted to masturbate in front of me. <laughs> yeah. So that moment where you didn't realize that do you have kick means can I show you a cum shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a real surprise when I found out. Different generation. It's just, yeah, should have known. Um, so then um, with the Instagram account, I wrote the book and uh, it's, it's basically just a uh, you know, a collection of the best by Felipe uh, examples, and then um, tales of all my also crazy <laughs> dating stories from uh, throughout my 20s. And um, now I also have a podcast called The Single, as in very single. And uh, it's me and my friend, Allison Stevenson, who's a comedian, and we met because a fuckboy that we both dated um, said that we should be best friends. <laughs> And that's exactly how it happened. And you should listen to the podcast. It's that good. I'm hooked. Yeah. Yeah. So he put us in a group text and he was like, you guys should be friends. Stop it. And we were like, yeah, we should. And so then we started a podcast about it. <laughs> so that's my uh, dating history. <laughs> wow. Let's get into it. <laughs> well, ladies, welcome. Ladies, welcome. I don't know, do we all need to like beat our chests and howl at the moon together now after all? <laughs> I feel like we've already been on a real journey. Um, now, the first question I want to ask you guys is, I mean, one of the really great things about this panel is we have such a broad range of experience and so many different ages here. And what I want to know is, is dating in your 20s, your 30s and your 40s different? Do the experiences differ or is the game at its heart the same? I think I, I think I, I just, I have uh, evolved a lot in my dating. Like, I've just learned lessons along the way. And I don't know if those are the same lessons that you all have learned. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious that I'm the oldest person on the panel, but I feel like I have so much to learn from all three of you. I think, um, and, and what my podcast is designed for, is dating over 40 is a completely different ball game. Um, and we all have our own individual lessons and challenges on the dating game, but there are certain considerations that 40 and 50 and 60-year-olds have to take into consideration that 20s and 30-year-olds don't have to. Number one is the psychological issue. Every single time you're about to go on a date or you're getting a message from a guy or you're trying to work out what to wear is what the actual fuck am I doing here? Either one, why am I still here dating at this age? Remember that line Charlotte from Sex and the City said, oh, I've been dating since I was 15, I'm exhausted, where is he? I'm like, shut up, bitch. There are three <laughs> decades of it. Three decades. But then there's also people saying, 
what am I doing back here on the dating scene? You know, in your 50s, if you've come out of a long relationship or a divorce, when you got married to that person, I'm pretty sure most people on their wedding day take that vow and they think it's going to be forever. It's not a five or 10 year contract you're entering into, unless you're marrying Tom Cruise, allegedly, but that's another story. <laughs> so I think it's that idea of what am I doing back here? So psychologically, you, you don't <coughs> want to be in the space. There's also divorce. I, I've not been there, but my divorced friends say there is there is shame and embarrassment I don't understand how or why I think good on you for getting out of that shit marriage but you know there is shame and an embarrassment for women particularly after divorce also being ostracized from your married friends often you're the only single person in your group all your friends are still married and they don't get it you stop getting invited to things married people like to hang out with other married people you get forgotten there's children involved you know you've got to take into consideration I'm not just going on this date that guy is taking time away from me that I could be spending doing homework with my kids, you know, and the time factor of maybe you only have a kid-free weekend every second mm -hmm. weekend. Your time is valuable. I've got two nights to go out on dates. Don't waste my time. Yeah. So there's all of these psychological issues yeah. that I think you take on board when you're a little more mature. Yeah. Flex, does the time thing bother you? I mean, you're in your 20s. Do you feel the same way? I mean, yes and no. I guess I have this theory that, like, millennials or 20-somethings, we've had a lot of time to critique uh, dating of generations before us. You know, we've got real big opinions on, like, monogamy, non-monogamy, open relationships, marriage, whatever it might be. And so we've sort of crafted these really, like, nuanced ideas of our ideal relationship having not been in one. And so I think as we start... <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of like... When I get married at 26... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a great communicator. We're yeah. not going to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you start dating. You're like, whoa, this is cooked. And people are bizarre. And yeah. <laughs> there's so much to consider that you haven't before. And I think that... We've stigmatised so much of what it is to date through all these opinions we crafted through no experience. And so <laughs> I think we're fighting our, ourselves, this internal dialogue. I should know mm -hmm. how to do this. I've watched the movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about this idea that I read the other day that millennials are having less sex than anyone in the history of the universe? What's that about? What is That's that about? You know, are you? What's that about? Is that a thing? Okay. okay. Don't hit me. <laughs> Don't hit me. <laughs> I'm getting it. No. Well... <laughs> She's eligible. <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? Because I call us the hookup culture, but statistically we're having less and less sex. So what's going on? How do we get to this point where we've stigmatised, you know, traditional connection in favour of, you know, frivolous sex that we're still not having? It's this dissonance that's like, okay, so how do we do this right? And of those of us who want to do it right, we're still dating people who don't want to do it right. See, I read this article mm. recently that said 20 young millennials, people in their 20s, are not going into relationships anymore because it's that total you-do-you generation. And it's your 20s are your, your decade of growing and finding out who you are and, you know, travelling and it's your highest energy years. And people are actively not going into relationships. And there's this term you, you guys... Have you ever heard of catching feelings? Yes. It's like, yeah, if, yeah, you're, this is, if you're catching feelings, yeah, yeah. it's almost like shameful because it's yeah. like a disease. You actually feel for yeah. this guy 
You actually like him? You grab yes. the feeling for him? Don't catch That's feels. Yeah, don't don't do catch it. the feels. Is that, is that what you say? Yeah. yeah don't, don't catch, catch feels. feels. <laughs> don't do it. But I think oh it's God. also the paradox of choice, right? Now we have so many options yeah. that the, you know, common Joe next door is not the one. Like, I want the best, the first, the, like, the most successful. Yeah. And then when you feel like you're settling to date normal people, you start to stigmatise every connection you're having. Like, yeah. oh, do I really want to date this guy when... This guy who hasn't messaged could message. Yeah. And I should leave my Friday open yeah. because it's Monday and I'm not going to yeah. be tied down by a random man. Either, that is either the we're, like, we're, we're like that or the guys are like that and everyone has one foot out the door because they're like, there could be something better or like a cooler person and you can't make a decision. Or like that thing where you see on Tinder profiles and it's a guy posing with like a really hot chick and you're like, is that meant to be like what you're looking for? Is it an ex-girlfriend? <laughs> is it a sister? Is this like... Is, is this the level that I'm meant to be pitching yeah. at? Because I just cannot suck in that hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they have this a group of guys in the photo. Yeah. Terrible. And I'm like, I'm just going to go and assume you're the ugliest one in the group. And you use, <laughs> like, it's a, why else? Yeah. Why else? I think, I think guys, guys have problems with, like, with uh, understanding, like, self-representation. Yeah. Yes. Like, their profiles are so terrible. And I don't know why, but I feel like women, we're always thinking about how we look because that's how we're, how society treats us. We're treated as women, our, our looks are our most important, our only asset. And so we're always thinking about how we look. And guys, they just, like have no idea, I feel like. Which is bizarre, <laughs> considering the complete superficiality of online dating. Yeah. I know a, a friend who says he proudly says he can swipe three profiles a second. And I'm like, you're making a decision on whether you're going to date this woman based on literally a split second? It's, um, yeah, that's the whole swiping culture I don't get or understand. On Netflix, you were talking backstage before about people who are not made for online dating. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I just think a few of us are, uh, I guess, comfortable with curating ourselves. You know, how we want to be represented, what pictures to take, what to write, how to appear to be well-versed and aligned and not unhinged. But for the rest of the world, <laughs> where you don't really feel as though social media is your thing and you don't really want to take photos, how are you meant to represent yourself in a way that is true to yourself but out of your comfort zone? Like, you don't want to have to misrepresent yourself to find someone to date. And so what if you are this person who's a little bit perhaps antisocial, you don't like taking photos, you don't like talking about yourself, yet you have to disregard who you are in hopes that you get on this platform and you meet someone who also can see through that and like you. Like, that's mm -hmm. crazy. I think there's, there's different styles. And also, I feel like online dating might go through... Like, there's a period when everyone's doing it, yeah. and I feel like there's going to be a backlash soon where, like, everyone's just like, fuck that. I think you go to the pub and pick up a dude and then forget really? about them the next day like I used to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the problem with online dating that our generation can see, and I don't know whether you guys can see it mm. yet, is something that is meant to make us all feel so connected is actually making us more disconnected than ever before. Mm. Yeah. It's people are so disposable. We're treating people like commodities. You can yeah. swipe up a guy on Tinder like mm. you can swipe up the menu on Deliveroo. Um, and I think it gives you an illusion of choice which creates fake expectations. Mm -hmm. And there's lots being written about the flake rate of online 
dating. Yeah. Yeah. Guys that will message you, talk to you for a while, and then they ghost you, they disappear, they cancel a date at the last minute mm -hmm. because they know they just their next swipe session, they got a hundred more options yeah. to choose yeah. from. Well, it's the gamification of, of dating mm. because Tinder is. is a game. Yes. It's yes. created like a game. Mm -hmm. They designed it so that you get intermittent uh, what's the word? Dopamine. dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. Yeah, so you don't know. It's a bumping fist. Yeah. Very confusing. So you don't know when it's going to come, but that's what keeps you addicted. It's like gambling. And how do you win the game? You pay for it. <laughs> of you in the audience who online dates, who pays for it? Who has a premium whatever account? That is the problem. Because <laughs> I'm calling you all out. Because as soon as you pay for Tinder Premium or whatever, not sponsored, but hello, um, <laughs> it stops being a game because you can see who's matched you. And so mm -hmm. now you go through a list of people that you have already expressed yeah. interest. Does it and even, then you pick from there. Does it even matter, though, because... At the other end of it, guys are just swipe, 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 yeah. swipe, 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 then filter. So even mm. though with Tinder Premium, you can then see who's swiped on you, that's still a, like yeah. it's still a loser's mm. game because those people may True. not have swiped on you with intent. But yeah. it's less addictive because you're not here hoping yeah. that this semi-attractive guy has swiped you. You know he hasn't. That's so you true. swipe through those who have, and you're like, okay, these are my options. Not interested. I'll wait. <laughs> Let me rest on that for three days. Come back, see what's <laughs> happening. I might swipe. I might not. Yeah. But it's I this, think this is all I do. Like zen about this. <laughs> Absolutely, you have to be. Yeah. I, I think, think we spend too much time invested in something mm -hmm. that's so temporal. Yeah. Get your swipes in. Get off. Get your swipes in. Get off. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it's good to just tweet me, quote me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good to be mindful of how long you're spending on these apps because, well, I watched on the plane over here the documentary Swiped uh, on H HBO, and there was a statistic that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to include this. Um, but it was that 80% of people on dating apps are looking for a long-term relationship, and 81% have never found one. 81% mm. of users have never found one online. I think there so. needs to be a lot more written about and explored about the serious emotional impacts of online mm. dating, yeah. which seemed like such a quick fix and such a wonderful opportunity. It promises so much mm -hmm. potential and opportunity and so many men or so many women. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's for everyone. And I saw this firsthand with one of my closest friends who was going through a really tough time, feeling really down. She went on Bumble, took her a long time to get on there. Finally, she got on. She swiped on probably 50 guys. Not one man messaged her or came back to her. And that broke her. That mm -hmm. was so terrible for her self-esteem. Yeah. And something that was meant to provide so much promise yeah. and encouragement just made her feel like shit and 10 times worse. And I think it's that emotional roller coaster. You're hearing dating fatigue mm -hmm. is a, a term we're hearing yeah. a lot now where people are like, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I watch my girlfriends on there yeah. going through and it's like exhausting just watching them. I think it's really important to pay attention to how you're feeling when you're doing it. Yes. Because it is not a good idea to do online dating if you are feeling really bad or if you're bitter or have low self-esteem at the yeah. moment yeah. because and it's always you know a, a changing statistic or you know changing how how much uh self self-love yeah. you have but if you are not feeling it you shouldn't be dating i was just looking at the Sorry. time because i realized we have 20 yeah. minutes at the end for questions is it already that time? Well, I can't tell. I'm really numeroliterate, so I'm looking at this <laughs> and I was like silently doing maths, which is why I had that really weird look on my face. Can somebody tell um, us how much time do we can, have? Can I say, just on that, 
No, one mm -hmm. point I really wanted to make, which I know we bag online dating a lot and talk about how shit Tinder is and how yeah. hard it is, but do you know what I'm also hearing with the women I'm talking to on my podcast, women in their 50s mostly, late 40s, 50s, there's a lot of positives that come out of it for these women who have been in marriages for a long time, probably haven't had sex for three or four years with their husband, feel, no, literally feel undesired, feel unsexy, feel unloved, feel unappreciated, suddenly they start dating and they're having sex mm -hmm. and these men are making, they're feeling desired and sexy, they're having this resurgence, they're rediscovering themselves and I think if, if you can manage that to a degree, it can be really empowering yep. for a lot of women. And the men that I speak to, on the flip side of that, say they're a little concerned by how sexually aggressive women are these days. <laughs> and I actually stop them every time and say, no, I don't think aggressive is the word. I no. think you mean sexually confident. And there's a yeah. big difference. And it's amazing how intimidating that is for men. I mean, now. do we need to talk about entitlement with men a little bit as well today before we open it up questions? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, especially with by Felipe, I mean, yeah. you just experience this every single day. I mean, do you ever get exhausted by even just the amount of other people's horror yeah. that you're having to look at? Yeah, because it's not, I don't want to say that I, women experience stuff like that every single day, because it's, it's not every day, mm. but it's, you know, every once in a while. Um, but I think that uh, maybe it's not a majority, I don't think it's a majority of men who are doing that, but a majority of women have experienced it. So mm -hmm. it's a small amount of men probably, but they're doing it to everyone. <laughs> I'm also wondering about, with the, the likes of Bumble being a, a, a ladies talk first app, are men becoming more passive when they're dating because they don't have to make that first move anymore? I yeah. interviewed a woman on my podcast, Lisa Stevenson, who's a perform high performance coach and she trains top executives, heads of banks on how to be better and, you know, more powerful and great at their jobs. She refuses to go on Bumble because she said, I don't like the idea of a guy that wants me to make the first move. And I was shocked by that. I'd never heard that before. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for a woman to be less harassed by unwanted attention. Mm. True. I think with online dating, we've kind of just been wandering around not knowing what we're doing. Yeah. It's so new. <laughs> it's still so new. Oh, I thought that was just us. Yeah. I you guys as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really do. Because because there wasn't a decorum of like, okay, this is how dating works online. Whereas like in real life, it's like, okay, you go on dates and the man pays and blah, 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 and all these steps. And with online dating, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's a wild west. But I think it's also an extension of very passive dating. I mean, I can attest, if I'm letting the people who come to me be the only people I experience, then surely I'm one of many. Nobody has that much excess confidence to be like, and I want you, and I want you, and I want you. <laughs> so when the onus on me to pick someone, somebody I'm picking with intent that I've like scoured the profile, I'm like, yeah, okay, that is too many beers, but you know, you said you like to read, so you might be a catch. <laughs> then, the onus is on me to make a considered decision about what I'm going to do there. But if I'm just letting everyone come in and dictate how my dating experience goes, then it's not going to go so well. But the thing with Bumble is I don't think that a hey is a first move. It's, no. it's the nuanced question. Yeah. It's, you know, why are you here? What do you want? What's one thing you wish we talked more about? How do you express anger? It's yeah. those questions that are the first move. A first date isn't even the first move. Yeah. That's just chit-chat yeah. over a drink I could have been having anyway. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Come, go, it's whatever. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, 
mm, it's iffy. I think if we all sort of assess the way we were dating, we'd realise we were being really passive. We're just yeah. waiting for people to come in and yeah. make the first move and make us feel comfortable and say the right things. Like, why don't you do the thing you want to see? Yeah. You know, you, it's almost like leading by example. Reinforcing mm -hmm. the stereotypes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah. you also encourage people to meet you at a level when you're kind of like, I get what we're doing here, but I don't yeah. like the chit-chat. So let's share some trauma. Yeah. And then you just get places, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And then you figure out why he's on this app, you know? Flex, I was listening to your podcast and you had a nice really... Nice plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you had a really good um, icebreaker question. And it was, yeah. uh, well, what, what do you wish people would talk about more? And, yeah. And what you would wish people would talk about less. Nailed it. So you know when you get to that chit-chatty stage where you're like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, oh, have you seen Game of Thrones? How crazy was season three? <laughs> it's like, you're kind of like, I get it. And I've had this conversation. Yeah. I want to understand you and the way your yeah. mind works. And it's hard to get to that point. It's hard without, to get past small talk. Yeah, without the presumption that, you know, based on you liking to read books, you might have read this one. So I always ask people, what's one thing you wish people would talk more about? And what's one thing you wish they talk less about? And their answer dictates the type of person they are. Some people would be like, I wish we talked more about sports and less about PC culture. And then you know, you're just not my person. But then some person might say, I Next. wish we talked about the nuance of identity politics. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's a husband. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. That's how you find him. So Seriously. I just think that's a good. It's just a good litmus test to see yeah. how somebody, when given the opportunity, how yeah. does somebody want to present themselves to you? When you're yeah. given them the floor, how will you choose to show me who you really are? And yeah. they always air themselves out. They always do. It's so important to just remember to have fun. Yeah. Just remember, like, if just check in with yourself. And if you're feeling crappy about it, like, don't, don't do it. Take a break. One of the guys I spoke to on the podcast too said that he's sick of women that he meets treating dates like job interviews. A woman said to him yeah. in the first three minutes, so what's your five-year plan? Let's, <laughs> let's compare. And he was like, well, my five-minute plan is to get yes. the hell out of here. Yeah. So I think we've got to remember yeah. that it's, it's just about spending time together and yeah. working out whether there's a level of compatibility in chemistry. Yeah. That's all it is. Like, stop not, rushing it. Stop yeah. rushing it. And, and, I, and I think, like, as much as we talk shit about men, women can also be not the best daters. I think it depends on your intention too, what your intention in dating is. And I think for me at 48 uh, and single, I'm in a whole new phase of dating where it's really just about having fun and hopefully meeting someone nice. And if I don't, I don't give a shit. In my 20s, I was dating with the intention of finding a husband. Got to lock that in. In my 30s, I'm still looking for a husband, but now the biological clock is about to explode. I got to find me a baby daddy by my late 30s, by my early 40s. Catch I those feels. Literally, I was catching major feels, trying to, luckily I didn't catch anything else because I was trying so hard. <laughs> To get that baby in my belly. And, um, and so now that's, you know, the batteries are run out on my clock, so it's done. And now I'm just dating to find someone that I want to spend time with and hopefully grow old with. That's it. That take, takes all the pressure off all the other stuff. And one yeah. more thing before we get into questions. Uh, my podcast host, Bobo, said a really interesting thing where the concept of romance and intimacy and like romantic relationships was forged in a time where your life expectancy was like 35. So really yeah. spending all your life with someone seemed really realistic when you were going to die next year. So yeah. when, you, when you walk into these situations just looking to experience someone for however long you get to, mm -hmm. you start to realise these 
expectations you put onto people are moot because you might not see them tomorrow, but you could have a great time today. So it's almost like managing your own expectations and having a standard for yourself, yeah. communicating that standard and understanding that people might not meet you halfway and that's cool, but then someone else tomorrow might. It's almost like get in, yeah. do your Googles, do your tweets, yeah. exchange you know, connections, and if it's not right, bounce. I think we struggle so hard to make things make sense when they don't. Like yeah. when someone's mm-hmm. not texting you, it's just they're not that interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It's just very... Like, I don't it text just is. people I love all the time. Yeah. I'm just not inter- inter- like, interested in chatting. It's okay, you know. Or, you know, he didn't arrange a second date. There you have it. You know, <laughs> that's it's your okay. answer. It's, it's he okay. might be dead and that's the reason... He might be dead. Dead. <laughs> 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 He might be reading, you know. It could be anything. But just let people show you who they are and believe them. Stop reading so far between the lines. You're like, maybe yeah. this emoji meant that he's into commitment and that emoji means no. that I'm the one, no. therefore, a husband. We're very good at <laughs> Deciphering. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop you there and open it up to questions. Yeah. Three part questions, one part statements, horror stories. Don't be shy. You know, don't be shy. Is anyone out I there? Just, if you do this, I just can't see it. So it needs to be yeah. like a straight, you know. Well, so you could do the squid <laughs> like this. This is always quite good. Or there's, if there's, someone there's, there's one over oh. here. Yeah, please. Hey, girls. Hey. Um, Hi. I, I love the idea of having these questions that, like, let you get to know a person. I wanted to know if anyone else had any kind of special questions that we could perhaps use while we're on Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, the list goes on. I love that you've listed them because, you know, yeah. I'm like on I'm Hinge, Tinder, on, Tinder, Bumble. <laughs> I have one and I feel like this really separates the wheat from the chaff, but it's a little... <laughs> it's, a little it. it's a little long. And I like to open with... Hi there. Mm. Um, if you were to take a shark out to breakfast, <laughs> what species of shark would it be and what would you give them for breakfast? <laughs> and if they can take that question and run with it, you know they're cool. Right. Yeah. If they give you like a really specific answer like, oh, but would the cafe be under the sea? <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> There's a great TED talk, a guy, Tomo Gars. It's, I'm sorry, it's a really unusual name, but um, he talks about he's an analyst and he creates all of these like data algorithms and things and he created one for himself on um, Tinder, uh, looking at which profile photos worked, what opening lines worked, and he devised this 12-point plan, 12 questions designed to keep him single. And he asked each woman, after he'd matched on them, been through this whole process and matched, then he would ask them these 12 questions and they had to literally get all 12 questions right before he would spend time on a date. And one of the questions was, I thought was hilarious. I know, it takes, what about chemistry, buddy? But one of the questions I thought was really interesting was he says, would you ever steal a stapler from work? (gasps) Yes. He said, that tells you a lot. (laughs) See, I would never. I've never even stolen like half a roll of toilet paper because I know I'm running low. (laughs) For him, that would determine who he would So what would be the correct answer for him? Uh, Yes. Oh, I'll set you up if you like. Ah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was attracted to assholes for a reason. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Alexandra, litmus test, what would you ask? Oh, Oh, um, hmm. what's your opening gambit? Um... I like. I don't know if this is good or bad. Maybe it's maybe it's bad. But Share I, it dro- it's I definitely, uh, definitely judge people on their music taste. <laughs> oh so no, that's what was good. I missed it. What was that? Uh, I judge people on their music taste. Oh. So, I'll be like, uh, 
you know, what are your, if you're going to a desert island, you can only bring three records. What are they? Have you ever had a really exceptionally excellent I'm going to marry this dude answer? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't... couple with him? I, I don't think I would... <laughs> release first day. I don't think I would put that much that much uh, weight on it, but it's like I can kind of tell some about a person by the music they listen to. So it's either find something that's really specifically related to your interest and what you like to talk about, or just go with a hey, because you don't have to make people feel interesting. I think we do a lot of that exactly. already. Like, let me find the perfect question to open this perfect conversation, because if I don't do the work, he won't do the work. Mm -hmm. And we know about emotional labour. Yeah. We've been doing too much of it. So <laughs> I feel like you can also wait to, like, you know, let the conversation do its thing. I think hey is a pretty standard way to go. I tell that to people in real life all the time, and it works a treat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we but like you know, the, the back and forth. The nice thing about hey in real life, though, is you can also bump up next to them and give them a little bit of a smell so you can work out whether or not you want to go on that first date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Can't really do that over the internet. And I think smell is essential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go with my name's My name's Stacey and I really resonate with um, Sammy's comments because I'm an over 50 out of a 25-year relationship. And when I start, first started dating, one of my girlfriends said to me, you haven't dated since last century and it's all changed. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, I actually, uh, as part of my journey of getting over my long marriage, I uh, did a stand-up comedy course. Oh, Which is actually about oh, well dating done. this century. Yeah. And, I like um, that. That's good. I want that. And I talk about millennials will find it amusing, but baby boomers will be taking notes. So many yeah. of my older friends have no idea how this works. Um, so I'm interested. One of my um, girlfriends who's in her 60s has recently decided to start dating. And so I now um, help some of my friends. Well, we call them the Stacey Sassy Singles. But... Um, <laughs> She got this message which had in little letters NSA and she started a conversation and you're single and so on and next minute he's asking her if she could host. Host? Does everyone know what that means? No. It's no. not a dinner party. Host? <laughs> it's your bedroom or mine. Oh! Yeah. So... <laughs> She was completely shocked. Her 20-something daughter understood what it meant. So there's all this language. And like women, you know, who are over 50 who haven't been intimate for a long time, <laughs> it's all very, very new and very, very scary. So I'm interested... Often I find when you go on a date, there's an expectation of going back the first time or the second time, wherever it's going to be longer, they seem to lose interest. And especially at this older age group where you're not looking at a... Um, I guess, a, a marriage part, a partner to have a family with, um, it seems that there's been disruption also to prostitution because guys can go, well, I can go on an app, you know, and get someone for the night. It's impacting the bars because people are just coming in for one drink, not the whole night, and then, you know, going off. So there's a whole lot of other issues that are going on out there and it's really scary. Yeah. So what's the right thing in terms of how many dates... You know, uh, or, you know, has it all changed? You know, I'm hearing in the States there are young girls that have never been on a candlelit dinner. It's all hookups. Yeah, I've, I've heard that with young kids now um, at parties, and I'm sorry if anyone has teenage kids and this is news to you, um, I talked to a sex journalist who said at parties now, um, boys are saying to girl, young girls, if you give me a blowjob, I'll kiss you. So a kiss... Hang on, before or after? After. The kiss is the... <laughs> no. <laughs> The kiss is the reward. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like... 
the kiss is the reward because mm. it's such an intimate act. They're like, a blowjob is like a handshake for young kids. And that whole, I mean, it's disgusting. That whole culture is changing. But um, I think it, it depends on, in answer to your question, whatever's right for you. And that comes back to that dating with intention is that particularly in our age group, there are a lot of people I'm, I'm hearing from now that never want to get married again, not dating to look for long-term relationships, just want some fun, some occasional companionship. I wrote a story about this that got a lot of interest called a situationship, mm. which is the new thing a lot of people our age are doing. I'm hearing from a lot of women who say, I'll never live with a man again. I don't want to pick up his dirty undies off the bathroom floor ever again. <laughs> um, they just want a companion that they maybe see once a week, maybe weekends, maybe go away together and have a sexual relationship with, share their life stories together, but are not a couple. So I wrote about this because I was in one of these situationships and I got a tweet from a guy who said, I read your article, well, Sammy, I guess you can't shake a whore tree and expect a housewife to fall out, <laughs> which was his reaction to women having consensual sex because they feel like it. There's always going to be people that are going to judge you and I say, do what you want to do, enjoy also yourself, like, be safe. Yeah. Just, I'm just visualising a whore tree. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Do you know what? It's actually... <laughs> I googled it. It's a country song. <laughs> Google the rest of the lyrics because it's quite enlightening. He actually... I'd like to think that guy was original, but he wasn't even original enough to come up with that. It came from a, a country and western song. <laughs> I think candlelit dinners are still out there, though. <laughs> like... I'd like to believe that if mm. you're looking for that, if you're looking for romance, it is out there. And I think that it is out there on the apps as well. It's just that you have to be really clear about it, to your point yeah. before. If this is what you want, you need to say it. Yeah. You can't just expect be someone to read your mind on Tinder. clear and yeah. also stick to your standards. Yeah. And if, if they're not meeting what you want, then just say goodbye and find someone else. Doesn't it come through in your communication and your chat online? You quickly get an idea of what... Whether it's going like to be a very sexual relationship. People have mastered being very vague. What are you looking for? I'm having fun. I'm down for whatever. You know, I'm chill. Like I do the do same whatever. though because I don't know what I'm looking for for someone I've never met before who's got a blurry photograph. But I think you should communicate that. I don't know what I want from you. I'm happy to not be. I'm, I'm here. I'm present. I'm enjoying this. Mm. And when it's not great, I'll go elsewhere. I think we we're not being precise with our language. We're saying things and assuming the other person can interpret what we mean. Mm. Like, oh, I'm, I just want someone who'll treat me well. What does that look like for? you you know i just want someone who's like down to have fun and hang out occasionally what's occasionally is that yeah. three times a what week is that, is that once a month <laughs> do you like know what i found is like a really big turn off my answer for this is i'm just looking for a cool dude who'd like to share my cool life and guys <laughs> disappear immediately <laughs> really? this is like a real turn off because yeah. i reckon i reckon it's code for i just want to bang and disappear yeah, and I think, you know, we're on the other end of it where guys kind of like, well, I don't want to be objectified. What's this about? Like, I want you to get to know me. And it's <laughs> like, okay, well, we can uh, we can get there. But I think we spent a lot of time getting to know people under the guise that we were building a relationship and turns out we weren't. Mm. But I think, you know, it's kind of like you move through the world with intention and you start to activate in these relationships as you want to be treated. Like, I like asking people out on dates. I'd love someone to ask me out on one too. And they do because they meet you halfway. Or like not let's hang, like I'd like to see you because it's been great chatting to you and I would like to do that in person. I Very different. we have a, lots and lots of questions. Yeah. Is that what's happening oh, yeah. there? Because <laughs> they suddenly all appeared at once. So. Uh, okay, over to you. Madame? Oh, hello. Hi, I'm Elena, I'm 20 years old. I'm just asking a question for all those millennials in the audience. 
we spoke a bit uh, about dating, but can we talk about being single and, you know, enjoying it, loving it, owning it, and really discovering who you are, you know, traveling and all that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the emphasis on dating is that we all know how to be single really well. Mm. We've been doing it. We're loving (laughs) it. We actively are. And so I think the emphasis on dating is that it's the bit we don't know how to do. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like singledom is so insular. Like, I can't tell you how to be the best version of you because I don't really know you or your experience. But we can all relate to going on a shit date, having a so-so conversation, Mm -hmm. having this and that. Um... Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, obviously one of the biggest things in my book that I talk about is um, the best thing that you can do is mm. to be your own dream girl. Yeah. And it's this concept that my friend Kate told me about, and she was I was telling her about all these terrible dates I was going on. And she was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. All of these guys are so shitty, blah, mm. blah, blah. And she was like, don't even focus on them. Don't focus on anyone else. Focus on yourself. If you think about what you wanted to be when you were, or think about the coolest girl that you could ever think of when you were <laughs> a little kid. And like, what did she look like? What did she do? And try to be that girl. And so if you're taking the emphasis off of other people and putting it back on yourself and saying like, how can I be the best version of me? And would I want to date me? And if you're doing that, you're on the right track. Can I also say, I think on a broader social context, um, we need to really be careful how we represent singles um, in popular culture because it's, I've obviously been single most of my adult life Mm. um, for the good part of 30 years. And unfortunately, because of popular culture, movies, songs, TV shows, you know, the single person is that sad, lonely person. Mm. person, You don't want to be the single person at the wedding or you don't want to be sitting alone in a restaurant. And single people are not all sad and lonely and desperate. (laughs) You know, like I have a freaking amazing life. I feel empowered, I feel challenged, I have exciting, I have wonderful friends, I have beautiful relationships. And I know it's this sort of schmaltzy quote that I read on Instagram ages ago, but, you know, instead of waiting, I think that what we, the message we need to send to women and what I hope came through in my book is instead of waiting around for Prince Charming yeah. to swoop in and rescue you from your life, create a life that is so amazing that you don't need to be rescued from yep. it. Yep. Is, yeah. um, I think, the message that we need <laughs> to share with young women. Love that. And I see... Um, some of my single friends that are so unhappy being single, particularly if they've come out of long relationships and they don't know how to be single and they make terrible, terrible yeah. choices based on loneliness. Mm. And yeah, every now and then you feel lonely when you sit yeah. at home yeah. on Saturday night with the dog and watching Netflix. You know, <laughs> Netflix makes it really hard to leave the house too. Yeah. But um, loneliness has never overwhelmed me to a point where I've, I've made really shit decisions in relationships. And it's like the distinction between wanting today is not want, not wanting to be single. You mm-hmm. can want both and operate with that spectrum and understand that I am this and I can add that onto my life, but it doesn't it doesn't completely or make me whole. It's, it's like saying you're not you don't it's not two on halves of one whole. It's one and one equals three. Like I'm this whole person, you're a whole person. Together we make a another whole yeah. person and yes. then we can be this together not looking so for like, someone to complete you yeah, yeah that it's phrase just, is so yeah. stupid oh you so complete like, me yeah, no, we've got to destigmatize it all being <laughs> single and wanting to not be single i think there's yeah. another question up the corner yeah. hi hey guys thank you so much for being here firstly i think we've all found this this last hour really um enlightening and very empowering as well um so i'm my name is ria i'm 21 i've actually never been in a long-term relationship been on like maybe two dates in my entire life so very inexperienced in this whole sphere and i guess 
I've very much pursued that whole being your own dream girl thing. I think all of us are really empowered in that kind of space of just living the best life and not being rescued by Prince Charming. Um, and that's something that my mom has been telling me since I was like two. So, that's um, so awesome. it's very ingrained in who I am as a person, but I think there's coming to a time now where I've never used a dating app and never really dabbled in that space. And I keep giving myself these ultimatums of like, oh, I'll wait till 22, wait till 23, then I'll try it. But I guess I'd love to know from you guys any advice on that and kind of dabbling into the dating app space and what that's like and how to actually start it. Because I think it's one of those things that you kind of learn by doing, <laughs> but I guess when you haven't actually done it, it's quite daunting because everyone talks about all these words that you have no idea what they mean um, <laughs> and experiences with dick pics that you've never had. So um, <laughs> um, I would, I would start by saying never give yourself an ultimatum. Like don't, don't put yourself on a timer. Do yeah. it when you feel like you're ready to do it. Yeah. If, if you don't, like, if you're desperate to go on dates um, and you feel like you'd like to do a, a profile, you could even start building one gently, but you don't even have to make it live. Just start, like, just go gradually. And, yeah, don't force yourself into doing anything. Yeah. Even if you feel like you want to do it, but that's a mental thing, not a gut thing, follow your, follow your gut feelings, I would say. I have a simple rule for all the new fangled dating terms mm -hmm. that everyone's using, and this is Mama talking from experience. So, <laughs> you know, there's the ghosting and the catfishing and the breadcrumbing and the slashing and the haunting and the orbiting. Yes. It's basically new terminology for age-old behaviours. One behaviour, he's a dickhead. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, <laughs> any of those terms, oh, he's a dickhead. Gone. <laughs> Yeah, I also yeah. think you just don't know what you don't know. And yeah. all of our stories are similar in a lot of ways, but very different in others. And I think once you start, you start to really get a good idea of what it is to date online. And you kind of just need to, to do it to know. I just yeah. think that don't put any pressure on yourself. Don't yeah. set an expectation of anything. Not liking someone, meeting someone, connecting with someone. Because the odds are quite small, realistically. Like, there are 8 billion people, and of those that you have access to, is like 1 billion, and of those that are in your area, it's like 1 million, and then of those you're attracted to, it's like 10,000, and of those who oh, are attracted to you. Such a downer. But it's true. So if you, if you are holding out for this, like, like amazing experience where it's like going to be all great and amazing, yeah. just gonna, it's not happening. Like, it's a numbers game, really. Like, throwing yeah. in a downer. But it is, and so it's kind of like <laughs> if you just go into it with no expectations, but you're just building up, ex you're data mining, yeah. you're Zuckerberging, you're yeah. building experiences, <laughs> you're giving it a red hot go, and you're learning, and then you kind of yeah. take that newfound knowledge elsewhere, maybe into the real world, or those inform other experiences you're having. But online dating isn't the end all and be all. Yeah. It's just a nice little social experiment for how people are behaving offline in a nice insular environment. All right, we have I time for... Oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to... One mm. thing. Uh, I just think, don't psych, psych yourself up so much. And yeah. remember that if you don't like it, you can just delete it. Well, yes. I was going to say one... Exactly. I always delete. That's the best learn advice. how to block. Just delete it. Just before anything, learn how to block. Yeah. One more question. Hi. My name is Anna. And I don't really have a question, but I think maybe my story can help other people answer their questions. So I went online in an app called Coffee Meets Bagel, which sounds uh -huh. really funny. Yep. And uh, that was my psychologist's idea on how to solve my self-esteem problems, or some of them, because I've got lots of them. So all my life I've heard, you don't look like a singer, which I don't know what that means. I've been dumped by two guys because I was too much of a man for them. <laughs> so at some point I just gave up. And after meeting three people on that app and dealing with a lot of psychos that I didn't get to meet, 
because I'm a good judge of character. Um, I gotta say that I always thought my weight was a problem and then I showed up on these days and these guys didn't have a problem. So I think that it can help you see yourself in different ways that you didn't think. Like I showed up somewhere and this guy said to me, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And I thought, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that you may not find the love of your life in these apps or like, I don't know how it could work out for everyone. I have a friend who's getting married meeting someone in Happen or something. But I'm pretty sure that it can give you some insight on yourself, uh, help your self-esteem, help you understand what you want from a relationship or a non-relationship, because I just realized I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it to you. And, and the other thing is that it helps you understand men as well. Because I've had guys that said to me, you know, I went on a date and the girl said to me, I'm too thin for her. And I kind of thought, oh my God, I'm like the other side of the same coin. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I think you should try it, but learn from it. Do not let it bring you down. Do not let it harm you. But I think it's a good experience. Well, thank, so you. Yeah. thank you. I agree. Um, thank you to my wonderful Whee! panel today. Badass bitches, <laughs> fantastic. And thank you guys for coming today. Thank you. This has been real. Oh, we did it. Is that it? Are we done? <laughs> <laughs>